I so appreciate Jerry did such a good job setting it up last week. Amen? Wasn't that good? Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I got to listen to it um, online. I appreciate all of our online uh, tech people that make that happen. Don't you appreciate them? Uh, that is so good. All right? Um, and uh, how many of you really, as we've trekked through this, you have begun to really believe Jesus is our cornerstone? Do you really believe that? He is. Uh, matter of fact, this is kind of a cool day for me um, because 13 years ago today, he proved to me in a very different way, <laughs> he is my cornerstone. Because 13 years ago, right now, we were walking around in Mina that had been leveled by a tornado, right? And, uh, and, it, and it was such an interesting thing as, as uh, we started recognizing that, huh, that our house and all of our stuff, matter of fact, um, I, uh, I am wearing this shirt today on purpose it is the only piece of clothing that survived the tornado. And the only way it survived was somebody the day after the tornado, which would have been today, right? That, that somebody found this shirt. They knew that I had worn it for church and that kind of stuff. And they had found the shirt in the, in the street. And they went and cleaned it all up and uh, got it back to me. Uh, and, and said, here's, we found this, we knew you loved this shirt, uh, here you go. And it was the only clean shirt that I had, and the only shirt, the only button-up shirt that I had, that I wore on Easter 13 years ago. And, 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 I, and, and that was the last time I've worn this shirt, was that, that Easter. And uh, I, I remember putting it on, thinking, how do you go preach an Easter service when we really need to be out putting tarps on roofs and stuff. And so we had a really short service that morning. But, but I remember I put the shirt on and went to church. And we were already cooking meals for people and all of that at the, at the little rock building over there. And I, I went in the bathroom because I'd been helping and I was all nasty and my shirt was all dirty. And I went in the bathroom at the church and was brushing off my church shirt, getting ready for Easter Sunday morning, right? And I realized the only shirt that survived had a scripture on it. And here's what the scripture says. It says, I, I've told you um, these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But don't worry about it because I've overcome the world. The one shirt that remained said, don't worry about it. I got this. And so we begin to really understand he, he is our Savior. He is our healer. He is our baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is our soon coming King. He is our rock, our fortress, our deliverer, our salvation. He is all that we need. 
When everything else is lost, guess what? He's still enough. And so we walked in joy and really saw that, you know what? He's got this. He's got this. So today, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, the Sunday that, that uh, Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, and they were singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and they were laying palm leaves ahead of him, ushering him in as a, as a king. Really, he came into Jerusalem as a servant king that was getting ready to lay his life down. Right? He is going to die that week. And he knew it. And he came in riding on a donkey as a servant. The last time Jesus rode into Jerusalem was as a person that was going to lay down his life. But can I tell you, when he rides into Jerusalem next time, it's going to look way different. Oh, come on, right? It's going to look way different. Matter of fact, Matter of fact, when he comes back and he rides in Jerusalem next time, he's going to be on a white horse. Matter of fact, he's going to have a crown. He's coming back as a conquering king. Jewels in his robe. Flames coming out of his eyes. Sword coming out of his mouth. Angels riding with him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's going to be seals, and there's going to be letters that are open, and there's going to be all of this. Just, I mean, you ought to read it. It's pretty cool. I mean, it is. And I so wanted to talk about that today. And then he reminded me. I've been preparing. He reminded me. Actually, last Sunday... I was sitting on the side of the lake, and he said, no, just talk about Jesus, period. So, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to hear what Jesus says, not what Victor says, not what some late great prophet said, not from some new prophet that's got a handle on it and it's going to tell you what day Jesus is coming. All right? We're going to just put all that stuff aside and we're going to listen to the man. Come on. We're going to listen to the man. And what I have discovered is, matter of fact, I hope you have your notes, write this down, that, that Jesus was not, uh-oh, we got to fix that. Dawn, somebody's going to have to help her fix that. It does this on me quite often, all right? Here's what I have learned. Jesus was not all that concerned about when or how the end would come. Oh, come on. He wasn't that concerned about it. Jesus was more concerned that people would be ready when it happened. Amen. Oh, come on. Jesus himself didn't talk a lot about the day. 
<laughs> other than to say, I don't know. I don't know. You know? Jesus was not that concerned about when it was going to happen or how it was going to happen. Is it post-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib? I love my old pastor friend, Brother Billy. He used to say, I'm a pan-trib. In the end, it's all going to pan out. You know? I was like, I love that. I love that. That Jesus wasn't about all that other stuff. He was more about, I just want people to be ready when it happens. Right? So, the truth is, Jesus is coming back soon. And you're like, yeah, but, but he said soon 2,000 years ago. Yeah, but let me just remind you, to the Godhead, a day is like a 1,000 years and a 1,000 years like a day because they're outside of time. So, here's the truth. On their calendar, it's only been a couple days. <laughs> Right? Right? It's like, yeah, it's still soon. He's coming soon. He is coming soon. Jesus is going to preach to us today. And I'm going to do something in, in a little different way today. Uh, how many of you know the Word of God is powerful? Um, then, if it's powerful, then uh, we are going to read an entire chapter we're going to read 51 verses, and that's the message, because it's what Jesus said. It's all red letters, all right? So I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 24, and let's hear what Jesus says, and then I'm going to give you a couple of observations and a couple of applications, but Jesus is just going to preach to us straight from the word this morning. So are y'all ready? You better be ready because we're going to go. All right? All right. Did you find it? This is, I'm uh, reading out of the NIV. If you're reading on your phone, uh, just know that that's, that's what I'm doing. All right. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. Uh, it says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. How awesome it was. Do you see all these things he said, Jesus said? Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be torn down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, this is just a few minutes later, the disciples came up and, and to him privately, tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age Jesus answered watch out that no one what deceives you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many you will hear of wars and rumors of wars but see to it that you are not alarmed everybody say not alarmed such things must happen, but the end is still to come. It's not quite, not quite yet. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings, everybody say beginnings, of birth pains. 
then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Now this is all Jesus talking. He's still talking. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then, say then. Then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judah flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down and take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. Now, how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequal from the beginning of the world until now. And will never be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe them. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive. If possible, even deceive the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the wilderness, don't go out. Or, here he is, in the inner room, don't believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures are going to gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the people of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And he will send his angel with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. 
Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near. Right at the, what? Right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have have happened. Are y'all still with me? All right. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or the hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the who? The Father. As it is written in the day, as it was in the day of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in that day, in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and it took them all away. That is how it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep what? Keep watch. Because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known of what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be what? Ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful, ser- who is the faithful and the wise servant? Whom the master has put in charge of his servants in the household to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his what possessions. But suppose that servant is a wicked and is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow slaves and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour that he's not aware of. And he will cut him into pieces and assign him to the place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Father, I pray that your word, Jesus, your word will be the message. Not some veiled out there thought but your word. 
Father, let us be people that would be ready. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to point out just a couple of many things in this. Man, this is loaded. There's so much in this chapter. But I'm going to point out just a few of the things that Jesus said multiple times in multiple ways. And if he said it different times in different ways, all at the same conversation, I think it's probably important for us to get it. Don't you think? Right? And so I'm going to point out a couple of things. The first thing that you need to know, though, is that Jesus in this chapter is answering two different questions. There's two questions. The first question that he was asked was, when will the temple be destroyed? That was the first question. The second question was, when are you coming back? All right, and what's that going to look like? Uh, all right, so, so there's two different questions. It's real easy to get hung up when we don't understand that it's two separate questions that he's answering. It's kind of like there's literally context in the context. Uh, all right, so, so when you get down to verse 34 and he says, this generation will not pass away before this happens. And you're like, wait a minute, all those people are dead and gone and Jesus, you haven't come back. Oh, well... That's because that wasn't the question he was answering. The question he was answering there was, when will the temple be destroyed? And guess what? It happened in their lifetime when Titus came in and destroyed the temple. So they did. He answered it. So you got to understand there's two questions being answered in this. All right? So a couple of things that were very obvious that he wanted us to catch. Do you have your notes? Please get your notes, all right, and write this down. Write this down. One thing he really wanted to make sure that we understood is deception is the enemy's game. Deception, when it comes to the end times of what is happening, how it's happening, deception is the enemy's game, right? Come on. He said that over and over and over. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Watch out, lest you be deceived. Um, and, and he said, don't listen to all the newest, greatest. Don't come looking for me here or there. Uh, you know, I mean, just don't. All right? Don't, don't be deceived. All right? Don't go running after me in all these different places because, huh, number two, uh, write, write this down. Uh, Jesus' coming is going to be a public event. <laughs> it's not going to be hidden. You're not going to have to go look for him. Right? Amen. In some new great whatever. Uh, all right? Matter of fact, it is so public. He says, it's like lightning that's seen from one end of the east all the way to the west. Right? Right? It is a public event. It is not going to be hidden in any way. Everybody, everywhere is going to see him when he comes back. Are y'all hearing me? 
All right? So you don't got to go chasing after all the other stuff. He wanted you to know. Everybody, it's not going to be hidden or mysterious at all. All right. Then, number three. I'm only giving you four observations and four. All right? This is awesome. All right? All right. Number three. Write this down. Observation. The fulfillment of the Great Commission is the beginning of the end. Isn't that what verse 14 said? The beginning of the end is the fulfillment of the Great Commission going to all the world. Are y'all hearing me? So when is he coming back? Well, when we get our job done. When we get our stuff together, church. That's, oh, that's another one. All right, all right. All right. I mean, it's just true. I mean, verse Verse 14, he says that the gospel will be preached in every nation. That is not nation like the United States, Canada. That's not the word there. The word there is exactly right. Sam got it. It's ethnos. It's every people group. That's what ethnos means. It's every people group. So when every people group... The thugs on the street, the addicts, the lesbians, the homosexuals, the Muslims. When every people group hears the gospel, the beginning of the end. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. That's, that's, that's Jesus' words. That's not my words. All right? All right? So, it is when every people group, that's what sets in motion when they've all heard. That's what sets in motion the beginning of the end. All right? Um, if you get mad this morning, get mad at Jesus. He preached the message, right? I'm just pointing out a few things, all right? All right. <laughs> Oh, wow, I could so go off on that, but I'm not going to. The fourth observation is that everyone will not make it. Regardless of what you may have heard, not everybody is going to heaven. You're like, but he's a loving God. You're right. In his will. His desire is that none should perish. Amen. You say, would he really send people to hell? Nope. Jesus will never send one person to hell. If they go there, they chose to go there by ignoring who he is. Are y'all hearing me? All right. It's just, it's, it's true. Not everyone is going to make it. Two men in a field. One will be taken. The other one left. Two women working together. One will be taken. The other left. And then he says it again. <laughs> They're going to come as a, as a thief in the middle of the night. You're not going to be ready. Unless you're ready. Right? You know. Because if you were ready, you'd be sitting up waiting, knowing the thief was coming. Right? 
And he said, he said, you, you know, most most are just not going to be ready. Um, yeah, they're going to be sleeping. I love that new song. Yeah, that first song, man, powerful, powerful. All right. So not everybody is going to make it. All right. So four simple observations. And now I'm going to give you four applications that I believe are for us for today. What do we do? We read chapter 24. And if you're a young person, man, I remember I would sit in church and go, Jesus, I know that you're coming back. But please don't come back until, can I, I'm just going to be real honest. I remember praying. Jesus, I just don't want you to come back until after I get married and I have sex. I just want. I prayed that and you know what? He heard me. All right. <laughs> I get it. When you start thinking about, you know what he showed me though? You know what he showed me? He said, if I come back before then, I'm still going to show you what that's like. You're not going to miss anything. Does that make sense? If you're holding back and saying, Jesus, I want you to come, but just, just hang on. All right? Just hang on. Um, see, that wasn't even in my notes. That's awesome. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Four applications. <laughs> we got to get back to that. Four applications. What do we do when we read scriptures where Jesus is talking about the end's going to come? Be ready. How do we be ready? What does that look like? Write, write this down. I hear him say so clearly to us today. Number one application. Live alert, not alarmed. Isn't that what he said? Don't be alarmed when these things start happening. Don't be alarmed. Be alert. Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Don't be alarmed. But be what? Uh, alert. Be alert. Don't be alarmed. It blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. Every time... There's a new war or rumors of wars, a famine, an earthquake, a comet's doing something, the sun and the moon are doing something. There's always a new prophecy and the Christians are the first ones to freak out. And he told us. Don't worry, I got this. Be alert, be vigilant, work till I come, he says. Keep going, don't slow down, don't build a bunker and just wait for his return. I'm telling you. He's like, no, don't freak out. Don't be alarmed. Don't go, oh, no, what are we going to do? 
just look at the source. And honestly, when we start seeing these signs, we should be like Jared said last week. We should be having a party. It's exciting. It's awesome. It's amazing. You know? When terrible things start happening, I get excited because it was always been, always been in tribulation, in trouble, uh, spiritually the church arises and wakes up. It's just sad that it takes that for us to wake up. Come on. Am I preaching anybody but me? Right? It's the truth. So, we are not going to live alarmed. We are going to live how? Alert. alert. We're going to live uh, alert. All right? And so, how do we live alert? Number two application from this that Jesus taught us today. We're going to stay close to the original. We're going to stay close to the original. How do we not get this? Close to the original. Those that um, are not one time in their church. They don't ever talk about here's how counterfeiters do it. Nope. Their entire FBI training is learning what the real thing looks like. So that if anything crosses their path that doesn't look like the real thing, it's instantly like, yep, that's not it. Right? And so he is saying to us today, we're not going to be alarmed. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to live in fear. We're just going to stay close to the original and we will not be deceived. The only way we're not going to be deceived is if we stay close to other stuff and not the original. Come on. It's just the truth that we must stay close to the original. It is more important than ever that we keep our eyes on Jesus, period. More important than ever. That, we, that our focus is on Jesus, period. Not on all that's happening around us. That we keep our eyes on Jesus, not on the crazy. Not on the storms. Matter of fact, the truth is this. You can write this down. That deception is to get our, how does he deceive us? The enemy tries to get our minds and our focus on what they say more than what he says. <laughs> Let that soak in. Well, they say, have, y'all, have you ever wondered who is they? And so when, since when did they have the answer? Come on. Right? I mean, who are they anyway? We sure put a lot of stock in what they say. And we don't even know who they are. But guess what? I know who Jesus is. And so I'm going to put a lot more stock 
and what he says over what they say. Come on, that's good preaching. You're not, ba- you're not amening enough, all right? All right. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's true that the way he's going to deceive us in the end <laughs> is we're going to focus a lot more on what they say than what he says. We must stay close to the original. Did you know that's what this week is all about? Why should you be here every day this week at some time, day, night, as part of the the prayer time here? It's because we must draw near to the original. Or we will be deceived. We must know the real thing. Or we will be deceived. So we're creating this 24-7 space where you can pray, where you can worship, where you can talk to the original, where he can love on you. And you experience the real thing so that when the false thing says, hey, I'm it, follow me out here, you'll go, no, 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 because I know the real thing. Come on, right? Right? Ah, so, so good. And, and the number three application for us, based on what Jesus said, is write this down. That we be ready every day. Amen. That we be ready every day. He's like, I don't even know when I'm supposed to come back. Only my father knows. But, but I want you to be ready for my return Five years from now. Is that what he said? I'm going to come back in about five years. Y'all, y'all be, be ready. Um, some of you, though, are like, but Victor, I want you to tell me when he's coming. I, I, I want you to tell me when. I, I, I want you to say, well, because this is happening in Israel and this is happening in America and this is happening around the world, that, that because of all of that, that he's coming back sometime in this window of opportunity. You know? We as a church have spent billions trying to figure out when he's coming back. And not listening to what he said about nobody knows. I don't even know. Nobody knows. He said, yeah, you can know some signs and said, look at the fig tree. There's things happen. You know it's getting close to bearing some fruit. You know, there's some things that are, that are going to happen. You say, yeah, but I want to know. Well, why do you want to know today? Have you ever thought about that? Why is it so intriguing to us? That we know the day that Jesus is coming back. Can I tell you why we want to know? Because if we knew, we would prepare for that day. Right? If we knew Jesus was without a doubt coming back. On Easter Sunday, next Sunday, 
We knew without a doubt. I mean, the scripture says, you know, on Easter Sunday in 2022, I'm returning. See, the reason we want to know is we don't want to have to get ready till we have to get ready. And that's a problem. I love the genius of the book of Revelation is he wrote it so every generation thought could be now. That's genius, right? Because he said, I just want you to be ready. I just want you to be ready every day. Because if you knew he was coming back next Sunday... This week would be different than last week. Have you thought about that? If you knew the end of the world was next Sunday, this week would look very different. If you knew you were going to take your last breath next Sunday, This week would be very different. <laughs> what would you do? What would you do different this week, this coming week, than you did last week? What would you do? You say, well, I, I've got a friend that doesn't know Jesus. If I knew Jesus was coming back next Sunday this week, I would take off work and I would go to his house and I would beg him to meet Jesus. I would go cash a CD and I would invest all that I could so people around me would know Jesus is coming. Be ready. We would literally leave this place and go knock on every single door of every house that we pass every day and say, Jesus is coming. Are you ready? See, I don't think... It Jared asked you last week, do you believe Jesus is coming again? And we all go, yeah! And I go, no, we don't. I'm preaching to me, y'all. If I really believed he was coming back soon, this afternoon would look way different. <laughs> and he said, just be ready. Every day. If you knew he was coming Sunday, what would you do this week? Then I want to challenge you. You better go do it. Amen. Whatever that is. Amen. Go do it. Go do it. We must 
be ready. See, because the truth is, write this down, the enemy gets us sidetracked with what day? And Jesus said, be ready today. Right? The enemy gets us sidetracked with what day? And we focus a lot on what day, but he's like, just be ready today. Because you don't know. I better go today. I better call them today. I better invite them to come on Easter Sunday. You know what? If we really believe Jesus is coming, next Sunday there will be standing room only in this place. Do we really believe he's coming? If we don't, eh, it'll be the same old, same old. But you will beg those around you that don't know Jesus to be with you, to meet him. And I believe if we really believe the words of Jesus, that he spoke to us today, write this down, number four application, I will become an evangelist. I'll become an evangelist, you know. I will become one that shares, that's all it, all it is, is one that shares the good news of Jesus. Do y'all believe he's good news? Yeah, you know, why wouldn't we share it, you know. I mean, why wouldn't we share it? If there was a forest fire running toward Mina, and there was nothing anybody could do to stop it, wouldn't we knock on every door around and say, hey, I've got a way out for you. I've got a way out. It's coming. It's going to happen. Come on, you need to go with me. Wouldn't we do that? If we wouldn't do that, we're pretty lousy people. If all we were worried about was me and, and mine, we must become evangelists. Because he said, I'm not even coming till, I, till everybody's heard. I, I'm not coming till everybody's heard, but you don't know when the last person's going to be heard. <laughs> right? You don't, we don't know. That's what he said. If I really believed it, I would this week go to every people group in my life. I would. I would sell it all and go to Yemen. To save one Muslim, knowing that I would live 48 hours before I'm killed for sharing the gospel. Do I really believe it? Do I really believe it? I'd go to the homosexual and the lesbian community. I'd go to my enemy. I really believed it I would become I, I, I wouldn't be nearly as concerned about the new car and the great retirement and all that as I am to those people in Walmart that I pass 
Do those people stocking the shelves, does the lady that hands me my sweet tea at McDonald's, do, do they know Jesus? It changed the way I look at things. When I walk down the halls at school, I look in the eyes and go, if he came, would they go? I love these people. Father, I pray that your word would speak. And that this week we would be different than we were last week. 